0: Well, good morning, Fairdale. So how are we all doing this morning? We awake? Did anybody not know, other than myself, that Gene Snyder was closed over here and we're running behind today? Anybody else? You guys are like non-local, learning how to do the things. But hey, I'm excited to be with you all today. Um, So uh, I'm going to speak, my my opener today is I'm going to talk to about three different groups of people in this room, and I, and I hope that you fall into those categories, okay? So the first group of people, and just give me a show of hands, do we have any sports, sports fans in the house? Do people like sports, particularly basketball? Anybody in this room like basketball? I mean, we're in Kentucky. Like, Basketball is like in the blood of Kentucky, right? Okay, so we have basketball fans. Very cool. Now, if you're not a sports fan, I do, I do want to speak to you today. Do we have Star Wars fans in the house? Anybody in this room? Well, I got a cheer. Okay. Star Wars fans got a cheer. Basketball didn't get a cheer, but Star Wars fans got a cheer. I, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. So, okay, and then, so Star Wars fans in the house, we got sports fans in the house. And maybe you're not a Star Wars fan, and maybe you're not a sports fan, but raise your hand. Do you just love some Garth Brooks? <laughs> Amen. I got the biggest cheer. I love. Garth Brooks. I want to tell you a couple of stories to open my message today. So back in the mid-90s, my sister and brother-in-law came upon some Pacers tickets. I grew up south of Indianapolis, and they got a hold of some Pacers tickets, and they weren't able to go, so they gave them to me and my dad. And as that date got a little bit closer, we discovered that that was going to be a big day in the history of basketball. That was going to be Michael Jordan's first game out of retirement. He played the Pacers, and we had tickets, okay? I still have the tickets in a frame. They're a little faded, but I've still got them in a frame because I was like, this is kind of a big deal. And so we went to that game. It was super fun. I was very torn because I liked Michael Jordan, right, because he was huge for basketball in the 90s and still is. Everyone compares everybody to Jordan. And we watched it. I was very excited, though. The Pacers won. It was a good game. We saw Jordan dunk. We saw it. It was just a great, great day that I was able to be part of the crowd that day. Now, the second group people, you Star Wars people out here, okay? I love Star Wars as well. Back when they relaunched the Star Wars series, they came out with the first one, which was called Phantom Menace. Now, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're like, boo, right? Like, everybody always boos Phantom Menace. But I was excited. I'd love the old movies at that point, and I was like, oh, we're coming. So I remember going at midnight in line with the crowds of people, and you got Wookiees walking around, you got Stormtroopers walking around, you had Yoda walking around. Somehow, I don't know how that was, but there he was walking around. Like People were so excited, and they gathered, and they made this crowd, and we went in and saw the movie. And at that time, I was in my youth, so I wasn't wise. I thought that was actually a good movie. And as I got older, I was like, Man, that movie was not great. Like, anyways, but, so, and then, the first time I ever got to go, uh, it was only about four years ago, Um, I'd worked in a church in Champaign, Illinois, for several years, and some friends of mine let me know that Garth Brooks was coming to town, and that they could get a hold of some good tickets, and I went and saw Garth, and it was like a big sing-along for four hours. It was awesome he started pulling songs from the crowd. He sang. It was amazing. You know, I felt like one of his friends in low places. You know, I was just like lifting my arms up. It's like, it's Garth Brooks. This is the best day ever. Now, if you do not love sports and you don't fall into that Star Wars category and Garth Brooks is not your thing, um, after service, we would love to pray over you. because what kind of joy are you finding in your life right now? We'll pray over you that that whatever is happening that I feel like one of those categories. But here, here's what's interesting. And once you hear it, you're not going to be like, oh, that's not that interesting. But after the game, when I went to Jordan's first comeback game, right? After that game, Michael Jordan didn't call me up and say, "Hey, Brandon. Man, thank you to you and your dad." For coming to the game today. It was so great to see you guys. You know, he didn't call he didn't even write a note. He didn't send me an autograph basketball. He didn't even write a letter. He didn't get on ESPN Sports Center that night and say hey, thank you, Brandon, and his dad, they came to see my game. They, they didn't do that. In fact, when I went to see Star Wars, George Lucas, the director and creator of Star Wars, he didn't tell me thanks either. Like I was part of the crowd that day. What are you talking about? Like I went, I was there opening night. I bought the tickets. I still have those tickets too. I was there and he didn't even write me a letter. He didn't even send a stormtrooper to my door to say thank you it'd been scary, but it'd been awesome. But he didn't do those things. Right? And then lastly, Garth, come on, like, like Garth of all people. Like Garth, you're so happy on this day, you know, like come on, I went to your show. I had all your tapes as a kid. I even had all his tapes. And then I even got all his CDs. I had everything. I was Garth, Garth, Garth. No letter, no phone call. He didn't show up to my door with a guitar singing to me. That'd been awesome, man. That'd been cool. And the reason is, is while being part of a crowd is super fun, And there's times in our life where we're going to be part of a crowd and there's going to be times where we enjoy things and we watch sports or we watch movies or concerts or whatever it is, hear speakers, be part of a crowd. Whatever it is you find yourself in a crowd, there is no personal connection to that person if we're just part of the crowd, right? Like if we're just, like I don't know George Lucas, I don't know Garth Brooks, I don't know Michael Jordan, I don't know any of those guys, But I was part of the crowd, but because I have no personal connection, while that was fun, that wasn't life-changing. And I think when you and I evaluate, we look at the things in our life, and while being part of a crowd is enjoyable, when you start to think about the things in your life that really, really matter, and when you start to evaluate and you think about the times in your life that, that matter the most, that count the most, it probably wasn't a part of a crowd, it was part of a smaller crew. And it was probably part of your family, or maybe it was part of a friend group, or because you were able to do something together and have that memory and have that time, most likely the times in your life that are the most important to you happened in a crew and not a crowd. And so I want to read a story in the Bible. I'm going to give you guys a warning. It's my first time preaching to you. I get very excited, okay? I'm not mad though, all right? All right, just get like like some people have like first time like man he's like an angry preacher. I'm not an angry preacher. i I get excited about this because I just in just me. I'm sorry. So anyways, if you think you're like man is he angry? I'm not angry. I'm just excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to tell you about this story today. This is one of my absolute favorite stories in the Bible. If you have been around church at all, you probably heard this in like Sunday school as a kid. But uh, read with me, follow along on the screen behind me, or pull out your Bibles. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17. It says this. One day, excuse me, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus and I love this don't miss these next few verses some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat they tried to take him inside to Jesus but they couldn't reach him don't miss this part they couldn't reach him because of the crowd so they went up to the roof and took off some tiles then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of of Jesus. I'm going to hit pause on this story for a second. There is power in that. Here's what can happen. If we as a church, if we only focus on the crowd things, or we only focus on our worship, or we only focus on the message, or we only focus on our relationship with Jesus, we forget to look around and see the things that need to be done in our communities. We forget to look around and see the people that we should be loving in our life. We forget to look around and see that it's not just about our relationship with Jesus, but how we love others. And what happens is these guys show up carrying their friend (coughs) on a mat. Now, back then (coughs) and today, the terrain, excuse me, The terrain in the area was super hot. Can you imagine carrying your friend on a mat 100 degrees outside, trying to get somewhere, and then all of a sudden there's a huge crowd blocking the way to get to Jesus? Can you imagine how frustrating that would have been? Could you imagine how hot it would have been? On top of that, the guy who's being carried, in that culture, this was not right, but this was how the culture was, if you had any kind of ailment, Paralyzation, sickness, whatever it is, disformity, some kind of disability, whatever it was, in that culture, they were like, well, his parents must have messed up. Well, what did he do to deserve that? Well, it must have been the sins of his parents, and now he's this, and he's being punished for this. <clears throat> so can you imagine the guilt? The Bible doesn't say this in this particular story. But can you imagine the guilt that this guy may feel that his friends are came to Jesus. And in his mind, he might have heard those stories for years saying, Hey, you're this way because your parents messed up. You're this way because you messed up. You're this way because your family is messed up and God is punishing you. But what I love about this is his friends were like, no, no, his crew said, no, because crews do whatever it is to take their friends to the feet of Jesus. Because crews do whatever it is. If it's a ceiling, if it's a crowd, if it's whatever. When you're someone's crew and you love somebody and you're united together, not just a crowd, but a crew of people with one purpose, we should be doing whatever to lead our friends to the feet of Jesus. Because we know if we can just get our friends to the feet of Jesus, he does the changing in their life. He's the one that calls them to different things. He's the one that will empower. Our job is just to introduce and be a big, shiny arrow pointing to Jesus with how we love and how we live our lives. And so this next part. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat down the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now to read the story, I'm like, "What? what? He forgave his sin? Like, like, uh, like, Lord, like, like, we want, we want this, right? Like, like, he's paralyzed. We want him to walk. You know, like, like, Lord, you're gonna heal his legs. But here's what's awesome, and here's where Jesus is so much wiser than me, and so much wiser than you, and so much wiser than everybody. What good are legs that walk when you're holding sins that aren't forgiven? What good is it if we heal our body, but Jesus doesn't cure our soul? I love this. Jesus knew that this man needed forgiveness more than that. Jesus knew that all that stuff he might be holding inside of him, all those things he did in his past, all that guilty feels, all the stuff that everyone said, oh, he messed up, his parents messed up, one encounter with Jesus, and Jesus wipes all that away. That doesn't happen if his crew doesn't lay him at the feet of Jesus. That doesn't happen if they don't do whatever it takes to lay their friend at the feet of Jesus. We're going to skip a couple verses. I you go down to the end of 24. And it says this, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And I love this, I love this. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone, it says everyone, the crowd, the Pharisees, everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, <coughs> exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Man, it had been really cool to be part of the crowd that day, right? It had been really cool to be in that crowd and to see that happen and to see that. And you know, oh, yeah, we went and saw that Jesus guy. He's, he, was, he was speaking at this house and he did this thing and these guys. Man, that was really cool to see. It had been really neat to be part of the crowd that day. It would have been life changing to be part of the crew that day. To carry your friend in there. To carry your friend and lay him at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus forgives his sins, and Jesus tells him to get up and walk, and now you get to walk out with your friend. You get to go walk trails with your friend, you get to walk, he might be able to work now, he might do all these different things because of one encounter at the feet of Jesus because his crew was unwilling to not lay him at the feet of Jesus. So why does that apply to us today? What I want you to start thinking about and what I want us to start thinking about, and I think there's going to be some words on here on the screen, yep, I want us to change our mindset from what are they going to do, and whoever they is, there's a lot of they out there. We say that a lot. (coughs) They is the government, they is local government, (coughs) excuse me. They is anybody who is not you that you feel should be doing something for whatever the situation is. Do you find yourself saying that? I know I do. I'll raise my hand high. They should be taking care of kids in our community. They should be doing this. They should be doing this. And I want to change our mindset. If God has put something on your heart, don't look for they to do it. When we are a crew, when we are Fairdale Christian church, we got to change our mindset from they to we. What are we going to do about this thing in our community? What are we going to do when it comes to the students and kids who come here every week? What are we going to do to make sure they know about Jesus? What are we going to do (coughs) to make sure that everybody knows we have Family Fun Day coming up? Because maybe if someone can come here and they can see Family Fun Day and they can see that there's something going on at Fairdale Christian Church, because here's what Jesus tells us. If you and I love like Jesus loves, which is hard, which is so hard, I don't even want to challenge you because that means I have to challenge myself because it is hard to love like Jesus. But when you do, people will say there's something about those people at Fairdale Christian Church. There's just something about it. There's just something about who they are and what they do and what's happening at that church. So i want to tell a couple of stories today. <clears throat> I apologize for my chest today. So I want to tell a couple stories. When we change from they to we, and we realize we're not just a crowd, that we're a crew of people. I mean, look around this room. Come on, we got to become the crew. We got to do whatever it takes. We as a crowd should not get in the way of people coming to the feet of Jesus. But I want to tell you a couple stories. There's a kid named Chase years ago. Chase came to youth group one night had a blast, hung out with his friends I remember this so well because it showed what was happening in scripture and what happened was Chase came to youth group and I remember at the end of the night he came up to me and he said, hi Brandon, my name's Chase I said, hey what's up man, nice to meet you, glad you're here tonight and he said, hey I want you to know he's so blunt, 12 year old he said, I want you to know I don't believe in Jesus That's okay he goes, ma'am, there's something about this place. Is it okay if I keep coming back? I said, yeah, man, come back anytime. There's something about this place. Do people say out of us when we're in environments, when we're with our crew, with, with our friends, Do people say, man, I don't know about what they believe. I don't know about all this church stuff. I don't know about all this Bible stuff or who this Jesus guy is. But when people say, man, there's something about this place, there's something about that place, like I don't know what is, but what he said was, is it okay if I keep coming back? And his crew of friends who invited him, they brought him every week. And eventually I got to meet with his crew and his friends and he had some questions about God and he had some misconceptions about God in his mind and we showed him scripture and we got to baptize Chase and he gets to go be in eternity because his friends saw him as part of their crew and not just a part of the crowd. Come on, church. Come on. There's something about this place. Is it okay? Yeah, come on. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about another student. In our world today, I feel like there's more pressure on teenagers than there's ever been because of what's on their phones. That's that's another whole sermon. That's another whole thing. But I feel like especially young girls, teenage girls, have so much pressure and so many things going their way. And Haley shows up to go to a week of camp. She had never really been to this church, off and on a little bit, didn't have any friends. But her mom convinced her to go to this week of church camp. She shows up not knowing anybody. A crew of girls. Gracie, Mallory, Bonnie, Josie, whole crew of them say, hey, you can be part of our crew. Haley, you can sit with us on the bus. Haley, you want a room with us and sit with us? And because of that, at the end of that week, Haley accepted Jesus into her life. And after that, all through high school, Haley baptized one after another of her friends that she invited into her crew. Because there's something about a group of people who gather together and worship God. That's what Jesus tells us. They will know you by your love. By how you love other people, they will know. And so last story. And then I want us to sing and let's worship and let's get loud, okay? A guy named Eli. Eli shows up. His son, who was three, one day came home from school and said, Dad, we should go to church. He was like, <clears throat> what? Like his three-year-old. Yeah, dad, can we barely can talk, right? Three-year-olds. They don't talk super, super well. <clears throat> but he had heard about church. He invited his dad to go to church. I love this story. Don't miss this because this is like Jesus using people. He said, Dad, we should go to church. His dad and mom said, Okay. And they'd started to learn about Jesus. And they started to hear about Jesus and they started to get plugged into community. And before long, their family members show up and they say, What have you guys been doing on Sunday morning? They say, We've been going to church. It's changed our life because they said, We see a difference in you. They said, We see a difference. We see the love. You act different. You treat people different. Whatever is happening, we want to be a part of that. And Eli said, Come on, join the crew. And guess what? They invited grandma, who invited her friends. And before long, you had 20 or 30 people coming to church because a three-year-old invited his dad to church because they no longer were part of the crowd. They were part of the crew. So here's where I want to leave this with you today, church. Don't look at it like, I've got to go do this, and I've got to do this, and you start making your list. What I want you to do is I want you to pray about one person. It starts with one. That's all I'm asking. I've got to do this myself. i got to do this with my family. i got to do this with my friends. When you think about your crew, and you think about how can I strengthen my crew, how can I be a better crew, John's going to talk about that next week. He's going to talk about the need for a crew and do those different things. But here's what I want you to think about this week. Who is one person that you can do a random act of kindness for? Who's one person that you can start praying for? Who's one person that comes to mind? Maybe before the pandemic happened, you were super connected, but through that time, you've become unconnected. Whatever it is, God's going to put that person on your heart. So, my challenge for you today (coughs) is pray and think of one person. Say, who do I need to come invite to be part of my crew? Who do I need to show that love and for them to say, man, I don't know what's going on at that church. I don't know what's happening with those people or that crew, but there's something about that person. i got to know more. Let me pray for you today. God, I pray that we, as Fairdale Christian Church today, that we start living how you want us to live. That we see this story about these men who would not give up on their friend who said to themselves, we will do anything to get our friends at the feet of Jesus. And so, God, I pray that this room, we unite in these little crews that come around, that are there for each other, that pray for each other, that when there's hurt going on, that we come and present you to them. That when there's a need, we come together and present that need, and we take care of that need, and we start being we and not they, and we start being a crowd, or stop being a crowd and start being crews. God, we love you so much, and we pray, we pray that the church unites And we don't look to they to get us out of this pandemic. We look through us and how we can serve our community and how we can be the feet of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Bless the rest of our day. I pray for amazing conversations and amazing stories to happen. In Jesus' name, amen.